Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews and today we will be doing another review and recap. Uh, we will be discussing Narcos. We are going to be doing episode 2. So welcome, 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 welcome everybody. Welcome new listeners. Um, <clears throat> we are now covering the Narco series. Join me again when, um, Thursday morning and we'll do a episode review of Cruise Summer as well. Um, I know I was supposed to come back on Sunday, so I do apologize. I got a little busy over the weekend. It's been very busy, very hectic. And I started to come on last night <clears throat> and just review really fast. But I wanted to take my time. I didn't want to rush, and I'm not going to lie. I got stuck watching... Um, Kwame Brown, the people's champ right now, <laughs> got caught uh, watching his live and got, then got to watch another, other reactions and stuff because that's the trending topic right now. Kwame Brown versus The Breakfast Club and Steven Jackson and Matt Burns, a.k.a. Becky with the good hair. So, yeah, we got I got all of all off into the trending topics of what was going on and got off in YouTube world. Um I I love YouTube. That's like my television half the time. Um, I have my favorite YouTubers. I, I quit watching TV. I, I think like in 2016, 2015, 2016, I don't even think I cut my TV on. Like literally the stuff that we grew up on back in the day. Uh, it's just, everything just took a drastic change and I just wasn't feeling it. I wasn't feeling the, you know, it was no good plots out, no good writing, but during the pandemic, that's when I actually started watching more TV. And then when I did cut my TV on, I would just watch a lot of reruns. So yeah, that's pretty much that. Um, so yeah, I have my favorite YouTubers, um, who I'm subscribed to. I subscribe to a lot of guys. My favorite uh, female YouTuber would have to be Lovely T. I, I listen to her, watch her channel. Uh, she's dope. Uh, I love Gully TV. I love Sinful to Pee. I love the Star Report. Um, <clears throat> I just started watching Kevin Samuels. I like Kevin Samuels. <laughs> yeah, I like Kevin Samuels. I have my favorite YouTubers, you know. And then I, I, I subscribe to the um, the channels who talk about the soap operas because like I said I grew up on the soap operas from my grandmother and mother so I, I love the soap opera talk too um so yeah I have like my favorite and I, I, I subscribe to a lot of the true crime you know that's where like the gully tvs and stuff come in at because I love you know the true crime and you know all that talk so yeah I have like my favorite youtubers that I watch and last night the youtube streets was hot Everybody was, uh, it was 30,000, 30, got up to 34,000 people in Kwame Brown's live stream. Um, I'm also subscribed to Joe Brett, Joe Button. He's one of my favorite podcasters. Um, so yeah, I got off into that. It was hilarious. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so I do apologize for not coming on last night, but yeah, let's go on ahead and get into the show. Welcome again. Welcome, 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 welcome all new listeners. And if you leave before, um, I'm done after we review the show and then I will go over the true facts of the, like the, the, the fun facts of the main thing that they didn't, because a lot of stuff is dramatized. Some stuff is backed up based off true stuff. A lot of stuff is, but it's kind of widely, uh, widely a little bit, you know, like this is mainly the American story, 
you know, because this is taking place in Colombia. So it's basically the American police story, the two detectives. So it's not based off of what you would say, the Colombian side. So we'll go over a couple of true facts that was dramatized by, by, you know, just for Hollywood entertaining purposes to keep you in there and all of that. And if you log off before I finish, don't forget, you can um, follow me on Instagram. I am up under Alicia Shanice. I'm public. I don't post a lot, but you can follow me. You can DM me for recommendations or if you just want to tell me, hey, I, I like this topic or you should talk about this topic. You know, I'm open to that. You're more than welcome. Follow me, DM me. I have a Facebook page. I'm barely on there, but it is under Alicia Shanice as well. Um, follow my playlist on my music on Spotify, on my playlist I put together. That's under Shanice Loves, and then it'll have the genre. Let's say Shanice Loves the 80s music, Shanice Loves the 90s hip-hop. You follow my favorite playlists that I created, and all that good stuff. So, yeah, let's go ahead and get it started. I love the intro to Narcos. But, yeah, we get to... um. Episode 2, this is when we're introduced to the M19, and we see how the meddling cartel was created, basically. And uh, we see how Murphy was transported to Miami from, I mean, transferred, yeah, from Miami to Columbia, how he got there. So, the opening scene is when Murphy and his wife, they're traveling, looking at how beautiful Columbia is. And saying how it looks like a tropical rainforest above ground. And then we see on, they passed, um, his his wife Connie is like, is that the Bahamas? Because they have to pass and they see like, the, the you know, and they're flying over. They see the beautiful water and the island. And actually, the island, one of the islands over there belonged to Carlos Later, who was a major player in the Medellin cartel. And he was also referenced as, in, in the movie Blow, remember his character was Diego. Um, I do, I do love on Narcos how they tell the, the the real more, more to the true story of it on, um, in Blow, they made him seem like he was like a, a flunky, but you know, his name was Diego. They changed it up. You know, Hollywood have to dramatize everything up. But anywho, it goes over and it shows on, they say, um, uh, his, uh, Bahamas Island was like a modern day Sodom and Gomorrah because they was, they was flying, um, so many planes that they have to do refill stops. So that's when he purchased the island and they would do their refill stops there. And he basically had his own island where all that. And then how he says that, um, when they're flying over and they see how beautiful it is, but on the, um, it shows us the jungle where they're creating all of the cocaine at, and it's like a small city, how they have it, it's really interesting on how they have it set up, you know, uh, they basically had their own little bakery thing, right in the middle of the jungle, uh, it's crazy, it was like the, the sizes, they, they built like major labs, um, it was super labs, the size of small cities, and, um, it shows you on how they, made it from created it from like the leaf to the paste then to the powder and they were producing like 10,000 kilos a week from 50 grand a kilo to 
it was crazy. It was about $5 billion a year that they were bringing in. So it shows us the lab, and then it shows us Gustavo. He's sitting there doing the number work because Gustavo is the, the brains behind the operations. So, and then it shows, we go to the next scene, and Pablo and Gotcha, they walk up. I love Gotcha. He's hilarious. So as they're packaging stuff up, you know, getting ready to ship it off, Gotcha brings in his dogs, and he bet Pablo some money that he's got the best dog that can sniff cocaine from anywhere so him and pablo do a bet and the dog sniffs it and he doesn't you know sense the co cocaine and he said i told you and pablo tells him that he has the cocaine hidden so gotcha shoots the dog and kills him right in front of him pablo being pablo he's more hurt off the dog getting killed than anywho so then here um comes gustavo and gustavo is panicking gustavo is the brains behind the operation so he brings Pablo to the side and tell him we have a major problem. You know, we have too much money. It, 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 we're we're going to start getting looked at, you know. And Pablo's like, look, he killed the dog. Pablo like, uh, I mean, Gustavo said, I don't give a shit about the dog. Fuck the dog. <laughs> Freaking, excuse my language. But yeah, so him and Pablo go talk and he's showing him that, you know, it's just too much money, you know, coming in. And all they have is that taxi business, basically. So, Gustavo was really the the brains and the business behind it. So, Pablo tells him, like, just launder the money. Al Capone did the same thing. And then Gustavo tells him, like, you dummy, Al Capone never brought in this much money. I remember Al Capone, he was doing, the, he was uh, bootlegging alcohol and, and everything. But, yeah. So then we go straight to the next scene and then they have to start thinking of ways to launder money and they have the taxi company, but they only have three cabs and they have like the biggest taxi company in Colombia and they had three cabs and they're bringing in $5 million a week. So they couldn't basically launder it off that small taxi company. So that's when they start burying money and that's, that's going to remember that's going to bring up something in the future. So remember, they're burying money now. They're 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 burying it. They're um Pablo. They showed him hiding a million dollars under his mother's couch, and they're putting money all in the different woods, burying it. So that that's going to be a major part later on. And it's just showing from scene to scene, going to the Choa, showing how money is coming in fast. Everybody's happy. Gotcha. He's bringing in all the money. And it's just showing right now everything is cool. Um, but Pablo is flashy, and that's the tale's oldest tale. You got one who's kind of following the business, watching everything. That's Gustavo, and he's trying to tell Pablo, um, we're going to make it to Forbes magazine if you don't stop buying all these houses, these boats, and all this stuff. So that's when they just bury more cash. Pablo not trying to hear it. He buying everything up uh, <clears throat> so then we go to the next scene after they bury and hide their money and then they got the accountant who has the treasure map and he knows where all the treasures are hidden where all the money is hidden and that's when they, they do end up burying the money in Pablo's mother's couch she's praying 
he he gets her up in the middle of her prayer walks her over to the couch and she tells tells her to sit on the couch to make sure she can sit she says it's uncomfortable he like oh, we'll buy you another couch so they had that money hidden in her couch as well and buried all over the place so then we go to the very next scene and that's when they introduce us to the famous m19 a radical group that was came across the college students basically and a disgruntled professor looks that way um so the m19 columbia is so small and by there they hide out in the jungle as it is so by they buried all of the um they're, they're burying all of their treasures money you know and m19 got the forbes magazine it's crazy to me to know that they had all the narcos like in the forbes magazine that's crazy um estimating their money you know from all the way over in Colombia, that, that's crazy. And yeah, so the girl, Elisa, and her boyfriend Alejandro, and then the professor who was over it, they're um in all of their group. They're going over who to who to kidnap, who to rob, basically. So they're going over through the narcos. They suggest the Ochoas, because remember we said in um episode one, the uh, cockroach. He looked at the Ochoas like they were kind of soft. So they're like, oh, we can kidnap one of the sisters from college. That's the easy catch. So then Gotcha, he has more money. So they like, let's go after Gotcha. And the leader at M19 is like, no, that fucker is too crazy. Because Gotcha was just as crazy as Pablo, truth be told. And they like, no. So then they say, let's roll on Pablo. They changed their mind because they said Pablo was the Rob Robin Hood. He gave money to the poor, which he definitely did. So they change their mind and they decide to go to Safe Bet and they go to the Ochoa's little sister. But then they show us all the crazy stuff the M19 did do by stealing the sword of the guy. I can, uh, what is his name? He's the one who kidnapped. He had the sword when he freed Colombia of Spain, I believe. I could be saying it wrong. If I am, please forgive me. I will fix it later. But yeah, it was Simon Belaver. And they they kidnapped his sword. He was the guy who uh, freed to Colombia, free from Spain. But yeah, so it's just showing you from scene to scene how crazy there is. It shows Alonzo getting it, Elisa getting it on with her boyfriend in the woods. Whoop de doo. So then we go to the next scene. And they kidnapped. Um, Martha Ochoa, which is the Ochoa brothers, their little sister, and she's walking home from college with her friend. They just kidnapped her, honey, in front of her friend and drag her into the car. Then we go to the next scene, and uh, Officer Detective Murphy, shall I say. Detective Murphy and Miss Connie is coming off the plane. They've arrived in Columbia. They're trying to get cleared, get the passports cleared, blase, blase. And the guy who's working the uh front desk he noticed they're from americans the narcos are so smart they have a tick so they have a whole thing set up if anything funny comes in and you know what i'm saying and then they're not in Medellin. they're still in uh <sighs> bogota i have to think of the name they're still in bogota so this is where the american embassy and everything is at now so they have it set up to where if anybody comes in that's american and you can tell they're undercover they have it set up to where they can find all the information on them so they kind of stall them out and tell them that they need papers on their cat get them into the back room so they can get all the information on them send it to the sicarios which is the head sicario poison and get all the information on them so they can be one step ahead of them very smart 
Then we go to the next scene and we are seeing how Pablo is entering politics. Something that he should have never did. This was the downfall is once he entered politics. So he's running for president. Well, you know, about to get to not ready for president yet, but he's running to get, you know, get started in the politics because uh, he wants to be president in the future. And that's when they introduce us to um, his future mistress, uh, Valeria. And then, you know, a woman knows, honey, when he introduces Valeria to his wife, Tata, she gives him that look. And then she kind of dismisses her like, ma'am, because, you know, Tata's pregnant at this time with little Manuela. And then she says, ma'am, it probably would be a better look if you weren't here. So Pablo sends her home and Tata, she don't play, but she is submissive to her husband. So she gives Valeria that look like, I see what you're doing. I see you, bitch. But Pablo sends her home. And she goes. Then we go back to Detective Murphy. They're still sitting because they're uh, ha they're stalling them out to get all the information on them. Why they're in their country. What is he about to do? Because he's acting like he's, he's coming over undercover. So he's acting like he's a janitor and all this other stuff. And his wife Connie cuts on the TV because they've been waiting in a waiting room. In a private room for a while. Waiting for the guy to come out. And who do they see on TV? Mr. Escobar getting interview by Valeria and she referenced him as the as Robin Hood because he gave money to the poor and it shows his Sicarios, Lakika Poison and Lizard and all them they were just all the the people from the community were just in lines and they just had money wrapped up just giving them money like you know how you go in a line and you're trying to get food the food line or whatever all they have to do is walk up and they get a rubber band pack of money 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 lines full so he did give money back to the poor and it's showing how he built hospital he built over 400 houses in the community this was stuff he actually did so and it, she calls him you know robin hood and he, he's saying how he had all these plans and he always wanted to be president and how he told his mom and she encouraged him that she can do anything you wanted to do so she's bigging him up on tv and murphy is sitting there saying Oh my God, do these people know who, who is, who is that is? That's Pablo Escobar. He's a fucking drug dealer. So he's sitting there amazed on how all the people love him. Cause this is his first day in Colombia, And I'm sure back then, um, I, I know for a fact back then we didn't see all this stuff on TV or what was going on in this country. So he's probably, he's it looks like he's amazed to see, you know, how popular he is, how much the, the city loves him, the community loves him, how much he's built up and how much they propped him up. So he's amazed because he knows he's, a, he's there to basically bring down their organization and <clears throat> everything. So then the boss comes in and they're like, oh, we got the cat's paperwork here. And he comes in with an attitude and he like, I need your passport. The passport has nothing to do with it. So Connie tries to hand him her passport. She He tells her, not yours, his. So he grabs Murphy's passport. <laughs> make a copy of it. And Murphy is looking like I know something about this isn't right. He's me mugging him. And then he like, what what brings you to Columbia? And then he like, what do you do at the, at the American Embassy? Janit head of janitorial. And then he's like, another one. America must be really clean. 
He he replies, bet your sweet ass it is. I don't like Murphy. If you're going to be listening to me because we still at the beginning of Narcos, I'm going to let you know now. I might make some harsh jokes about Murphy because he gets on my nerves. The character, not the actual detective. Just how they portray him in here. But anywho, he's all cocky like you bet your sweet ass. And anywho, he gives him back his passport. The, um, the guy, the boss over that department at the airport, he... Uh, faxes it over to Poison. So Poison gets all of this information. He sees a new undercover detective in town and he takes it and does what he does with it. They don't show us what he's going to do with it. He's just showing them making a phone call, doing what it do. He got his address, blase, blase. So then we go to from scene from back to back to back, the grown up scenes, I call them. You show uh, Valeria and Pablo getting their groove on. And one thing about this part right here is she gets a little arrogant because now we see that they're having an affair. It doesn't, looks like this might be their first time. And she makes a smart comment. She thinking she just, that chick. And she basically makes a comment like this. Your wife does it like this. He grabs her and chokes the hell out of her and say, let me tell you something. He looks her dead in the eyes. Don't you ever disrespect Tata again so she apologizes and asks him does he want this okay I'm sure you watched it so you see I don't have to repeat it but anywho next Pablo basically told her look I'm creeping with you but one thing you ain't gonna do and that's one thing that them old school men did they might cheat it but they let you know you won't disrespect not my home anywho moving on to the next scene and then we go to Detective Pena's house and he is getting his grown-up thing going he's on the couch doing him but he has a, a hooker in there but you can tell that they have their own personal relationship per se like that might be his favorite hooker i'm thinking they might meet up weekly because she's an informant too she wants a visa so we see we're, we're gonna we're gonna play along and hope that this was definitely traumatized and you wasn't sleeping with women to get the visas over here but anywho moving on so she basically lets them know like hey all the high-end girls like the the best high-end hookers we're all getting flew out to medellin so that catches his eye and he like it's like it's a meeting so you know if they're hiring all the best car girls and they're flying them out to Medellin, something big has to be going on. So he basically pries a little bit more and finds out information so he can try to get a, you know, a, a, a good call on there. So, yeah. Then we go to another <laughs> telly is back to back on this episode. Um, then we go to shows Murph Murphy and Connie, they getting it on in their hotel room. And they hear a lot of gunshots. It scares Connie. Batman Superman gets up with his little choo-choo. He looks out the window and says, welcome to Columbia. So then, uh, shows Officer Pena, Detective Pena. He comes outside in the middle of the night and he's paid one of the sergeants from Columbia. He gets some information and, you know, tells him what the, uh, the call girl hooker told him. Told him to check it out to make sure it checks out so they can know if they have to fly out to Medellin. Because they're still in... Um, Bogota at this time so they're, they're still where the American embassy is at and even though they're in Colombia you know that's different from that and then it shows um him listening uh officer Pena listening to wire tapes and he's basically seeing that you know M19 has stole 
uh, or kidnapped uh, Marco Ochoa. So they know that they have to. They can sell that, you know, he hearing over the wire tapes, Pablo said they're not paying him nothing, blase, blase. So he knows, you know, yeah, it will be a meeting and his uh, call girl will be there. So he puts basically the plan in motion so they can set it up. And then he basically put her in a bad situation for her to go in there and get information. So then we pull the next scene up and Murphy is his first day at the embassy and he's getting introduced to everyone by his uh, partner, Pena. And Pena's walking around like he's some hot shot, making smirks at everybody, bribing and sucking up to the the uh, head of the embassy lady. I can't think of her name, the ambassador. And she's telling he's telling her that he needs visas for his call girl and all that. And she tells him it better not be one of American tax dollars going to these prostitutes. Hmm. Anywho, we go and they sh they do show a lovely picture of Reagan. Yeah, they, they they show us Reagan's beautiful face, right? Sarcasm, right? Anywho, next scene we go straight into where they fly to Medellin and they go down and they go to Colonel Carrillo. And they're getting all their troops together so they can go spy. And he basically lets them, uh, I know I'm saying his name wrong. I got to get that right. It's, I know it's, he's a colonel, Colonel Carrillo, um, Carrillo, I believe. But he's telling them like, yeah, the, uh, we did find out that the narcos will be meeting. They got this fancy hotel. All of them are there. So the three of them go there and they rent a hotel across the street and they are taking pictures. And this is where Murphy says he got pictures of that day that will last a long, long time. You see first Carlos later, he's pulling up in a sports car. Then you go and it shows us the two Ochoa brothers, Fabio and them, and they pull up. They show us the Wolfman. <clears throat> then they show us, and the Wolfman, he plays a major part in episode, uh, season two. We'll get to that. So remember the Wolfman, they got pictures of him. Then they got pictures of Gotcha. He getting out the car with his little hat on. And then who comes next? Pablo and Gustavo and they show the head Sicarios, Lizard, Lakika, Poison, Blackie, all of them going to greet him and they all go into the hotel room. Then they go straight to the meeting and they say this is where the Medellin cartel was created to stop the kidnapping because this is when a lot of the guerrilla groups and I don't even think it was just the M19. It might have been more than that. But the guerrilla groups, they were kidnapped. They were doing a lot of the kidnapping, trying to get the narcos money kidnapping their children or whatever because i think this happened more free frequently this um they can only they have to shorten it up so it don't they only show martha Ochoa, but i believe this was happening more frequently and pablo says you know we'll put all our resources together so the meddling cartel basically just wasn't pablo over it but it was all the cartels just being brought together coming under one organization basically so he lets them know, you know, if you let me, we all put our resources together, you let me handle it, I will stop the kidnappings. So they all agree. They all having them a good old funky time. They toast it up to the meddling cartel. They bring the hookers in. They're having them a good time. They're getting lap dances. They're having them a good old time. Next scene, we go back to Murphy, Pena, 
and Colonel Carrillo, and they are patiently waiting with their police officers aside with them, and they're patiently waiting to get information on the informant, which is the hooker. And uh, Carrillo and Murphy, they're a little patient, but Pena is starting to, uh, sorry, Murphy and uh, Colonel Carrillo, they're patiently waiting, but Pena, you know, he has a friendship and an intimate level with this uh, young lady the hooker the call girl and um he's like worried about her because he, he knows she's smart and she can do it but you know he know he sent her in there with a pack of wolves you know so he's worried as he should and she goes to the next scene and she is getting her grown woman on with gotcha and you could tell she's kind of disgusted but she goes and lets him finishes and then she goes over him to start caressing him and you know trying to dig too much and being it was kind of dumb you know she just asked him so what was your meeting about and gotcha is paranoid so he looks and he said, what have you heard? She's like, oh, nothing. I'm just making conversation. And it's like, so you just asked the man, what was this meeting about? Not smart, boo. Not smart. So it shows him looking very suspicious. Then we go back into Murphy and Pena. And uh, Colonel Carrillo says she's probably dead by now. You know, oh, nonchalant. Like, okay. And he like, I want to find this girl. So uh, Colonel Carrillo basically lets him know, okay, you need to leave Murphy here because Pena knows how Carrillo gets down. So he know Murphy just got over here. So Murphy, he's still playing by the rules as of now. He's going by the American rules. But Pena, he was over in Colombia on this case first. So he already is down with the get down. He know how they get down dirty. So they basically have to distract Murphy. They stand, they leave him there. So they're just going to go check on the girl. But we already know Colonel Carrillo He's a cop, but he don't play by cop rules. And Pena's just down with them on it. So they go try to find the girl, as they should. And we go to the next scene, and she is getting brutally um, taken advantage of, raped, or, or, you know. And they're basically, it's all the guys, which is um, not the narcos, but the Sicarios, the hitmen. Uh, they're all basically just sitting there playing cards and watching each one of them take their t turn with her. And shes you can tell she's been beat up and roughed up. Colonel Carrillo finds a Sicario by himself, chokes him up, put a bag over his head and strangles him so he gets some information. <clears throat> goes back to Murphy. Murphy is asking the guy like, hey, can you call them? The, the One of the officers is acting like he doesn't speak English, letting him know I speak no English. <laughs> so Murphy's pretty much know he's been played. Then we go back to Pena and Colonel Carrillo. They get information from one of the Sicarios, the one that they choked up. Then they killed them. They let them know where the girl is at. They bust into there and one of the guys is on top of her uh violating her and they shot him in the back of the head as they should and then the rest of the sicarios run out of there and that's poison lakika lizard and the rest of them they all run out of there murphy is in distraught when he sees her face and sees how she's been taken advantage of he carries her out over his shoulder and the rest of the sicarios they had lined up against the wall they execute them all moving along then we go to the next scene after they get the girl and they do the execution of the other Sicarios, they let they call one of the officers, let them know they're going to the hospital. 
Then, all of a sudden, five minutes later, the officer in the car, he speaks English, and he lets him know, Pena and Colonel Carrillo, they're ready for us. So, Murphy like, oh, no English, huh? So, knowing he'd been played. They go to the hospital. Murphy is pissed off. Pena and Colonel Carrillo is sitting there, they're smoking cigarettes, trying to get some stress off. And Pena goes off, like, look, if we're going to be partners, I am all the way in. Anywho, so then Pena lets him know, remember you said you're all the way in. I hope you know what that means. So he basically let him know, like, we're not playing by the rules. I was trying to protect you, but you say you're all the way in. I hope you know what that means. So then we go to the very next scene. And what do you know? When Escobar said he was going to put a stop to shit. He put a stop to shit. So they show the M19 going through their little spot, their little meetup spot in the jungle. And most of the people in the M19 is hung upside down, knifed up, gunned up, guts hanging out, blase, etc. And they drop Martha Choa off immediately. She's returned home. Pablo's not done it shows us another scene and he is taking pictures and he is smiling saying excellent excellent a little bit down a little bit down so we still don't know what he's doing then it shows us the M19 hanging up and down from trees pictures on him yeah <laughs> a lady is coming down in the park where they're, where they've killed the rest of them and Pablo gets nervous his Sicario says he can go kill her Pablo says, are you crazy? That's just an innocent woman and a baby. He tells the lady she can't be in the park because it's closed. And he walks her out and lets her know that he has a baby on the way too. They have a wonderful conversation. And then we go back and Lakika and Lizard continue to take pictures of poison them with the dead bodies. They send the dead body pictures to the newspaper. So everybody gets the idea. The narcos are not to be messed with, and Escobar is not to be messed with. They took the M19 down, and if they did that to the M19, who dares to mess with the narcos? Then we go back to Pablo's house, and it's basically the guy who was over the M19. He is in, you could say, the back area, patio area. All of the narcos and sicarios are there. They're all saluting the Escobar, bowing their head down to him as he walks in there like the boss he is. And they have him pinned down, and he just apologizes. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Pablo. I, I know you're going to kill me, but I wanted to bring you a gift. He returns the sword back to Pablo, and Pablo lets him go. Tells him, you have a friend in me after he's killed off. Half of his friends, but you have a friend in Pablo, and he lets him go. Uh, <laughs> Blackie and Poison are sitting there ready. Blackie say, what do you want me to do with him? Poison says, do you want me to kill him or what? So, <laughs> anywho, Pablo lets him go. Gustavo walks up to him, saying, I know that's not what I think it is, referring to the sword. And then Pablo lets Gustavo know, you can take over my everyday operations. And he basically, and Gustavo is like, and what do you plan on doing? And that's when we know Pablo is going into politics full of time. We go to the final and last scene. Pena is walking in. He's very upset on what 
Helena, the call girl, what she's experienced. So he walks in and Murphy, you know, the photographer, he then took all the pictures. He has all the pictures of the narcos, um, all of their own, own personal Sicarios. Cause you know, they weren't just one big crew. Gotcha had his crew, his own Sicarios. The Choa had theirs. Uh, Carlos later had theirs. So they have all the narcos pent up from rank and then all of their Sicarios from the head Sicarios to the little Sicarios. So they have everybody pent up and he like, welcome to the Medellin cartel. Murphy goes ahead, takes his little marker. He scratches off the ones that they were killed when they went and rescued the girl. And then it shows Colonel Carrillo just sitting on a chair like he's ready for war. And then we go to the final scene. And as Murphy says, his, he's ready to fight. And this is his war. And this was Connie's war, too. She was ready to just come and do her thing, too. So it shows her. Um, she's volunteering at the little centers. Uh, and then they walk into their home. And they have to go up some steps because it's like an apartment. They see Poison walking on down all smooth with his little jacket on, suit jacket on. They don't know who he is. And when they get to their door, they see it's open. And then they walk in. Murphy walks in with pulling his gun out. Connie gets distraught because she sees her cat. And her cat has been hung, basically. Then it goes off. And that was my review of Narcos Episode 2. And now we will get into some true facts of it. I do hope you enjoyed my recap. And uh, we will do episode three on the next pod. And episode three is my fate, one of my favorite ones out of season one, one of my favorite ones. But yeah, we'll get into season three next. But uh, we'll go ahead and get on to like some true facts about this episode. Because like I said, some was dramatized. But I do hope you enjoyed it. That was my recap. So the fun facts about this episode, the true facts behind it, um, is when Murphy and um, when he got assigned to this case and they sent him to Columbia, he actually did not know that, you know, over here um, on, the, on the TV show, it makes it seem like he already knew that he was going after Escobar and already had his game plan in motion and he knew exactly what he was going for. But when they sent him over to Columbia, he didn't actually know that he was going to be assigned to the Escobar case. He knew he was, you know, a DEA agent, but he didn't know that who he was going to be in, looking into. So he didn't really find out that it was Escobar until he got over there. And one thing that um is true about, I mean, one thing that's not true about this episode is on how they show Pena and Murphy doing all this groundwork. Like they're actually the ones doing this, going out in Columbia, doing all of this. They weren't actually doing that because they didn't have no jurisdiction over there. So they couldn't just go over there arresting people and all of that so that wasn't true uh colonel carrillo that's a um fictional character but it's kind of loosely based off colonel martinez which colonel martinez didn't come onto the scene until later on so colonel martinez he wasn't even in the in the in the era of when escobar was running into politics Murphy wasn't even over there, but they had to bunch all this in there to make a good show. The show is really good, but I'm just going off of the true fact. So Murphy and Pena, 
they weren't even over there when uh, Escobar was running into politics. So the investigation probably was brewing, but it wasn't like it is like how they kind of bunched all the years together. But that's TV for you. You know, still made a really good show, but that's just like a fun fact. Um, another fact was they really were um, flying all those planes and um, they did need refueling stops. Um, cause they had to go from Columbia to Miami and they were making so many trips. And then that's when, when Carlos brought the Island over there because the problem became more supply than demand. So yeah, they really did have all the super labs over there. They were producing about $5 billion a year off the cocaine business. It's, it's crazy on how they had like their own kitchen set up in the jungle like that. They would get all the leaves broke down, make it into paste. And it's crazy. Like they basically, they had a, a whole operation and to this day they still have that you know they still have those jungles out there and they call them labs you know the drug business has not slowed down and this is just in the 80s when it was getting big you know how it all got started you know so it hasn't slowed down if anything has gotten bigger and it's spread over to the, the mexican cartel and we're definitely going to cover that because that is still a big thing to this day um because they end up having to go through mexico to use their routes so yeah and another f true fact is they were really burying money. So that, like I said, um, if we're going to re be reviewing every episode from 1 to 10 in each season, that's very important. They were really burying money. And then we'll talk about that more in season two when another fallout comes from that. But they were laundering money, but it was just too much money. And not to think... Um, they show how Pablo was b building up the community, but it was all of the, um, it was all of them. What makes Pablo stand out the most is how, um, charismatic he was, you know, the swag and everything, you know, those people always stand out. But the most important thing that makes him stand out is the war he had on the government. That's what makes him stand out because Gotcha actually had more money than Escobar. And it was just as brutal as him, but he got killed early on. Um, but yeah, Gotcha was just as brutal as Escobar. But what makes Escobar stands out is that it's not that he was just the head of the Medellin cartel, but it was that <clears throat> he did the war against the government. And, you know, because they, they all wanted him in politics. It makes it look like on here that they kind of didn't. And we'll get into that in season three. I'm jumping ahead of myself. Sorry, didn't mean to do that. But, yeah, you know, they, they wanted him in the politics because they were once you were in politics, you can control the narrative and then you can control everything. You could control the po how you look look on the paper side of it, the po po politician side of it. You pay the politicians off and then you're covering your street thing, too. And that's one thing that. The uh, Guadalajara cartel did smart. We'll get to them. That's that's the one thing they bought the government. But we'll get to the Mexican cartel when we get to Narcos Mexico. I don't want to jump too ahead of myself. But yeah, they say Gustavo. Um, the truth behind him is that he was really laid back. He was the brains behind the operation. Pablo was too, not to take anything from him. But Gustavo was the brains behind it. And with them two together, they were powerful. They were like, they were cousins, but they were like brothers, really best friends. And I believe that's another reason Pablo kind of went down after he lost Gustavo. Because they ran that operation together. And Gustavo was always worried about Pablo enter, um, entering um <clears throat> into politics because when you do that that kind of messes everything up if you don't do it the right way and you're too out there you kind of gotta get into it and hide by afar you know so yeah 
and they were hiding all that money. Um, they had, they would have all these houses. He had like over 300 houses all over Columbia. Yeah. So yeah. And then they were really making it to the Forbes 19. The M19 was a real guerrilla group. Um, I don't know if they still exist to this day, but that's the funny thing is we see that the so-called war on drugs, it was nothing but all about to stop communism and all the detriment it did to the the black community, especially is crazy when they made it crack. And we're going to get to that when we go to snowfall. But even if you go to the war in Nicaragua, it was all to stop communism. And then M19 was a communist group. And they were made up all of college students and they would kidnap, rob, whatever. You know, they weren't really, their, their tactics weren't really no better, you know. But yeah, they were that. And he really did interest enter politics. I know Murphy said that his cat really wasn't killed. Like I said, they weren't on a groundwork like that. So that was all dramatized up. Nobody broke in Murphy's house. Nobody killed their cat. Um, I don't even think this is how to, um, cause I listened to another guy. He's on YouTube too. Uh, the real George Valdez. He was actually a part of the cartel. He, I don't, he was kind of a part of the meddling cartel, but he was more in the Miami drug era. So he, he, he ran out of Miami. He was from Cuba. So he was Cuban and he said that the story of Scarface is loosely based off of him. And he was like Scarface because he was like a Miami accountant, but a drug dealer at the same time. And he did a lot of business with uh, Pablo. And then he was actually kidnapped by Manuel Noriega. We'll get to him too because he plays a major part of this. It's funny on how, never mind, we'll get to that later. But he was kidnapped by Manuel Noriega, tortured by him, says, you know, allegedly what he says. And he tells a lot of stories, too. And then he said his godfather was like one of the richest guys in Colombia. And they still never mentioned his name. He was one of the biggest uh, leader of the cartels as well. But he did a lot of business with Pablo. And he said the meddling cartel wasn't created like this. So I actually don't know myself on how they came together. But I think it's brilliant on how they kind of wrapped it up in this show. But we're just going over, you know, some small effects that were true and, and not true. So I don't know for a fact if the M19 really gave the sword back to Pablo. But we know for a fact that they did work with him. And we'll get to that in the later episode. So, but um, they did kidnap Martha Ochoa. That, that was a fact. They definitely did kidnap her and then the narcos did come together and they did mess some of the m19 members up but i'm not sure if they played it you know like that where they met and all got together like that but they did get together and they did stop the kidnapping so they marked Choa really was kidnapped i think uh, a few of the choas were kidnapped and they attempted to kidnap gotcha son freddie as well but gotcha didn't play that so those were different fun facts we will go over season i mean not season go over episode three i'll try to do it later tonight if i don't i'll do it tomorrow and i might yeah i'll do it tomorrow if i don't get to it tonight i have to work on my book so actually when i log off here and upload everything i'll be working on my book for a couple of hours because i'm in the mood to create today and i've been working on different little things so i have to get to that but yeah tonight i'll go over episode three if not tomorrow i won't go a couple days like i did this time i just got really busy uh spending time with the family then i got into the whole thing with kwame brown them so yeah i enjoyed this i hope you guys enjoyed it 
If you don't forget again, you can look me up under Alicia Shanice. That's Instagram, my Facebook. You can hit me up on Facebook, but if you decide to, if you're just listening to my podcast and don't know me and want to hit me up on Facebook, you can, but just uh, message me on Messenger and just let me know, hey, I heard your podcast, I like your style or like your content, whatever, you know, and want to hit me up, that'll be fine too, because I just don't accept random people, because I'm barely on there, that's more just like for my family, you know, I'm on Instagram, I will start um putting more things on there, but as of right now, I don't, like I said, it's a busy time, if you've been listening to the first pod, I said it's a busy time for me, so I'm not able to do everything the way I want to, but I'm going to get there, I'm just taking my time, I'm being myself, you know, I'm giving you the unedited version of myself, so if you're going to be rocking with me, you know what it's about, you know, so, you know, I'm busy right now, so I can't do everything and have the content just that one saucy, like, you know, I want it, but, you know, it is what it is, you know, it's like us having a conversation, talking about stuff we like, our favorite shows and all this stuff, so Narcos is definitely one of my favorite shows, I love the behind the stories of it, so I love to talk about it, so I enjoy this, and I hope you do too, if you are tuning in, so follow, if you love music, follow my playlist, I'm telling you, I just sent my grandmother um, a gospel playlist I made, Shanice loves gospel, if you love hip-hop, that's my passion right there, um, follow my 90s hip-hop it's everything is under Shanice love 90s hip-hop Shanice love 90s R&B Shanice loves the blues because I love the blues I love all music I even love soft rock so follow my playlist get into my music style if you want to as well you can even you know just save it and add it to yours you, you know I even got a workout one um a lot of the two live crew is on there don't judge me but yeah so yeah thanks for tuning in and i'll be back with another pot tonight or tomorrow y'all be safe out there and thank you for tuning in it's your girl shanice and i'll holla at you later her name is shanice and she's the one